0: First Psalm. We're going to talk about a Psalm of Trust. I, I thought about trusting the Lord as trusting the Lord in our lives, as Lisa sang that song. We're, we're going to go through this Psalm and look at the life of David, and we're just going to list, if you will. All of the ways we see David trusting the Lord. I guess we could define trust. We could talk to each other about how we need to trust the Lord. But how about if we see trust? Let's just look at many events tonight where we see trust in the life of David. We see trust expressed, first of all, as you look in verse 1. It says, In thee, O Lord... Do I put my trust? David tells the Lord that he trusts him. The Lord likes to hear from us. He knows whether we trust Him or not. He knows our heart, but He likes to hear it. He likes for us to talk to Him. And it's expressed from David that he trusts the Lord. The Lord knows it, but He loves to hear it from David. He's directly talking to the Lord, telling Him that He trusts Him. You know... It's one thing to say, yes, I trust the Lord. It's another thing to to say why. I asked a group of people one time, do you love the Lord? And immediately they all said yes. And I said, why do you love the Lord? And there was a little pause and there was some searching and scraping for the answer. It wasn't present on the edge of their mind. But David not only tells the Lord directly that he trusts Him, but he goes right into a reason why as we continue in this first verse. He says, let me never be ashamed. You and I can trust in the Lord because He will never let us down. You will never be put to shame by investing your trust there in Him. He is the only sure place of trust. But not only does He give a reason that He'll never be put to shame, but He also says in the last part of this verse... Deliver me in thy righteousness." Our Lord can be trusted. He's worthy of trust because He's a great deliverer. He delivers us from all of our sins when He saves us, but that's not the deliverance that David is talking about here. He continues to deliver you and I in our times of trouble in life. As you know, through many of the Psalms, David's in a tight spot. He's in a time of trouble, but he tells the Lord, I trust you. He expresses that, but he gives him reason why. He'll never be put to shame, and he is a great deliverer for us in a time of trouble so we see expression of david's trust in the lord by what he's saying and he's seeking deliverance from him but we not only see trust in a matter of expression from david he trusts the lord and we see that he trusts in the lord because of his grace would you if i hope you have your bibles right here to to the 31st Psalm because we're going to go through these verses and this is one where we're going to go through a lot of verses we're going to go fast and we need to absorb all we can so let's look at verse 2 now it says bow down thine ear to me let me just stop right there for just a second because David knows that God is far above him God is far above and And his ways are far above David's; he is much greater than David, but David trusts in the grace of God, and he confidently calls upon the ear of God to bend toward him, that the Lord might lean down and listen to his lowly petition. He trusts in God's grace. He knows he doesn't deserve for the Lord to hear him, but he knows that God is full of grace and listens to his requests. He not only trusts in God's grace, but David trusts in God's ability. We see this also in verse 2. He says, Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. Deliver me speedily. Now the Lord does what He does in His own way, in His own time, on His own schedule. And David is not trying to rush the Lord to help him here on, on His schedule but he knows what the Lord's ability is. He knows how quickly the Lord can move in our lives. And he's just trusting in God's ability. It says a little ways over in the 37th Psalm, and the beginning of it, it says, "...fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity." For they shall soon be cut, cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. God is a strong source of defense for you and I. He's a mighty deliverer. And if He chooses to do so, He can do it very quickly. Do you trust in God's ability in your life, he is a safe place and, a, and a, has a great ability to rescue his children. Uh, see, trust. You know, some we, we've had the saying. You know, the, some people will never open a Bible, but they will look at your life. That's as close to a Bible as they're, they'll ever get. So, in the point of looking at David's life and seeing trust, we see also. Look in verse three that trust is needed. For Thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for Thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. You know, we need to be led and guided. There's where I can use the word led correctly. We need to be led and we need to be gu- we need to be guided in our lives. It's it, it's a desperate need for that. It's not just something that's merely good to do to trust in the Lord. We see a desperate need for us to trust in the Lord. Jeremiah says in the 10th 10th ver- chapter in the 23rd verse O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And David says, lead me. And David says, guide me. There is a all-amazing, overwhelming, desperate need that we all have in our lives to be led and guided by the Lord. Would you trust Him for that as David does? God is so readily available available for you and I to trust in him he is so readily available for you and I to be led and to be guided by him it is easy to gain the guidance of God he is willing and he's ready and he knows that we need it he willingly gives what we need he gives his leadership and his guidance in our lives he's ready to do it but I will say this it's It's good to give God a reason in all things. That's a good check for ourselves as to why we're asking God to do whatever it is we're asking Him to do. And David has this request, and the reason we see, if you'll jump back up there in the verse, he says, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. David is in tune with God, asking in such a way that he's not asking selfishly. He's not just in trouble and in a tight spot and he wants God to just get rid of his trouble. For Your name's sake, he says, for Your glory, for Your honor, deliver me. I have confessed Your name. I've exalted Your name among the people, among my enemies. So so for You, God, for Your credit, to glorify You, lead me and guide me. We see trust. It's not only desperately needed, but we see trust in God's strength. Go with me and let's go to verse 4. We might, we might take care of this whole psalm tonight. He says, pull me out of the net. They have laid privily for me. We hear the cry of the captured here as David is in the the net, the trap of the enemy. But then we go right into hearing where his confidence is. His confidence is in God's strength, right in the middle of a capturing. Pull me out of the net they've laid for me privily, for thou art my strength. No matter how, how strong the enemy is, no matter how many enemies move in on your life, They will never exceed the omnipotence of God. He is almighty in strength. He is worthy of all your trust. Don't go anywhere else in your time of trouble, but to the Lord. He's worthy to be trusted. He's the best place you can go for trust. We see trust from David's life, not only in those things, but we see trust in what God has done. I invite you to look at the the latter part of verse 5. He says, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. The Lord delivers from all kinds of danger. He redeems us. He saves us from our sins. And He delivers us from our dangers. He's thankful to God and he trusts God in what God has done. And then you go ahead and go back to the beginning of the verse. And after we trust God for what he has done and we claim it and we know it, then we see what we are to do. Into thine hand, I commit my spirit. One day when we leave this earth, we're, we're going to be Face to face with Jesus. We will, we will see Him. We will be before Him. We will become like Him. But until that day, we're to die daily in our lives to live for Him. He redeems us. We commit our lives to Him. But we not only see trust in that way, we see, we see that we trust the Lord because of what we hate. We see that we trust the Lord because of what we hate. Verse six says, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. There are people that, that will trust in what the world tells them. It, it makes you cringe when you share the truth with someone. And they're going to go their own way. And they're going to go down a road that leads to self-destruction. They listen. They hear the things out in the world when those things out in the world should be hated. There's a good hatred. Not that there is the hatred of people, but the wickedness that is in people should be hated by you and I. When we trust in the Lord, when that's where we've invested our trust, we can't trust in those in the world, and we see the wickedness in comparison to the things of God. We see here that trust in the Lord will keep us from trusting in the world and all of the dangerous things that we could hear. Trust in the Lord is a protection for you and I. But we see trust. We see trust in what God knows. Look at verse 7. I will be glad and rejoice in Thy mercy, for Thou hast considered My trouble, that Thou hast known My soul... In adversities, you consider your trouble. I consider my trouble. We're not supposed to be overwhelmed in worry and anxiety and, and sorrow over it. But we definitely consider our trouble. Let us, we all may go there. Let us not stay there. Let us consider that God knows our trouble. And then after you consider that God knows your trouble, consider what God is able to do about your trouble. Not that He may even do anything right now, but just consider that He knows. The sweet saint would sit in church with her troubles and she would say, I know that you know. Wow, do you have peace in just knowing the Lord is there in your times of trouble? Consider that. Consider that he knows the Lord is with David and he is, the Lord is very familiar with the afflictions that David is going through. Before we ever tell the Lord what we're going through, he knows and he's there with us. He knows our trouble. And so therefore, David, in the midst of his troubles, because he trusts in the Lord and he knows the Lord knows, he rejoices. He rejoices in his troubles because he's not alone and the Lord is there with him. Praise God that He knows about our troubles. We know that He has mercy for us. We know that He knows how we feel in all that we go through. So we see trust from David in what God knows. We see trust from David in a further state of rejoicing. In verse 8, not only does he know my troubles, he's known my soul and adversities and has not shut me up in the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room there's an old movie i like to watch i haven't watched it in years i think it's pretty clean it's a good movie and uh i won't go into that but this guy's always going around saying i'm in a tight spot man i'm in a tight spot he gets in trouble and man he's in a tight spot and we get in a tight spot in our adversities David is in a, a very, uh, though he feels like the walls are closing in in one sense, but he says that he is in a large room. We have freedom in Christ right in the middle of our adversities, the prisoner in the prison cell that gets saved when the evangelist goes to the jailhouse to preach the gospel, he is free long before he gets out of prison. He is as free as he can be before he goes back into civilization as he sits in that jail cell because the Lord sets you and I in a large room. No matter what we go through, we have freedom in Christ and we can further continue to rejoice in this. In our most suffocating circumstances, the Lord frees us up. And that's worth rejoicing over. Will you trust Him for that? We see, we see David's trust in the Lord here, but let's change gears just for just a minute. We're going to look at verses nine and 10 and we're going to see Some results of a lack of trust. Verse 9, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly. Trouble can be seen in the eye of some people. Someone asked me about something this morning and I didn't know what the answer was and someone said, I can see it in your eyes. You have no clue what they're talking about. You can, you can see. You can see a story. Someone's eyes can tell a story sometimes. And and this is what David's eyes are filled with. They're filled with grief. There are physical effects in the life that come from a lack of trust in the Lord. So we say it's not just a good thing to do. It's desperately needful that we trust in the Lord because there's the effect on the soul and the belly. The excessive sorrow clearly affects our health Okay, go with me there. And it comes from a lack of trust. It will, it will bring effect upon our lives in many different ways. We continue to see a lack of, what a lack of trust will do in verse 10. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. How desperately do we need to trust the Lord? Where there's a lack of trust, there could very well be a lot of sin. It's a sin not to trust the Lord. And we see here the weakening effects of sin. And a lack of trust is going to invite that in. A greater measure of health comes with our trust in the Lord. A greater measure of spiritual health comes from that, that, tr- that trusting relationship that David has with the Lord. If our, you know, if our trust isn't in the Lord, what's it in? Because we're trusting in something. Our trust is somewhere. Is it in the world? Let us look in verses 11 through 13 at the reasons not to trust in the world. Verse 11 starts, I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. Of course, your enemies are against you, but David is even speaking of his own people. It may be your own family that comes against you, that turns their back on you. No one can really be completely trusted except for the Lord. He's the, he's the, he gives the discernment of where our trust can go when our trust is first with Him. There's no one more important to trust in than the Lord. And you can completely, no doubt about it, Fully invest. Complete trust in Him. You will never be ashamed. He will never let you down. We are going to trust in something and it should be the Lord. When we trust in the Lord, this is an especially glorious time in our troubles when we trust Him. Look at verse 14. But I trusted in Thee. Not not in, the, not in the world, not in all these people that would let me down and hunt for my life. But I trusted in Thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. When we are out to sea and the sea is stormy, it is the Lord who will be our anchor in all times of trouble. When trials are at their worst... The Lord shows His strength the best. He, when When everyone else will let you down, don't get bitter and turn away because that is where the Lord will shine in your life. He is the one you can depend on. He is the one that shines in your life. We see trust in the Lord from David as life is changing. You know, everything around us changes. We're going to talk about that in verse 15. This is a sermon in itself. We're not going to do that tonight though. But he says, My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Life and all of the events of life are constantly changing for you and I. There's an old song we sing over at the Villas sometimes called, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. As we look at this world changing, and maybe we don't like it, they say that Baptists especially do not like change. And that's not true for all. But this world is definitely going to be changing as it has been, as it is right now, as it shall be. But the Lord Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. Appreciate and be encouraged by the fact that we have an unchanging Lord. As we see unsteady changes in the world, it causes us to hold to God's unchanging hand. With every season and every circumstance of life, our times are in His hand. No matter what you're going through, He knows you're going to go there. He's always in control. Our times are in His hand. Don't be shaken by a changing world because we have a God we can trust in that is so much better, than, more powerful than this changing world. Take comfort. Take comfort, God's people, for the present moment and the future years, because the providence of God is going ahead of you, and He's going to be a rock you can stand on no matter what. We could allow ourselves to fall into worry about our kids and our grandkids, and what this world will be like when God takes us to heaven. If Jesus doesn't come back But all our times are in His hands. We're talking about this right now. Forty years from now, our kids can talk about this very same thing. It's still going to be true. It's not going to go away. That our times are in His hand. Praise God as everything changes. He doesn't. And everything is under His control. David trusts the Lord not only in this changing life, but for refreshing and restoring. Would you go with me to verse 16, please? He says, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Wow. What a, what a good daily prayer for refreshing and renewal for us all. We all, we all need that in life. And David doesn't fail to give great reason and the proper reason to do so. Make your face shine on me and save me for thy mercy's sake. Always giving glory to God. Someone sent me a text. It was just a little, a little saying. And it said, If God answered all your prayers, who would benefit from it the most? Would you benefit from it the most, or would God benefit from it? save me, make your face to shine on me for, for your mercy's sake, for you, Father, for your glory. That's, that's trust. That's trust in David's prayer. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. All things are to exalt God, not to exalt us or give us an easy road. Let's continue with verses 17 and 18. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, For I have called upon thee, let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. God's vengeance upon the wicked. David leaves it with the Lord. You know, I, I think I've joked and I've joked long enough about how hard it is for us not to get revenge and to let God get revenge. I, you know, it's, it's not a joking matter if you're in the habit of doing that, because if we are in the habit that, that we're going to get them back, then that shows a lack of trust in the Lord. It, it's His business. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Not that David is is wanting the Lord to, to really get after somebody. That's not the right attitude. But he trusts in the Lord's justice. He trusts in the Lord taking care of it. He can take care of it far better than you and I can, and it's his business. Let us trust him. We see David, we see trust here in vengeance upon the wicked. Verse 19 says... Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men." David is amazed at God's goodness. He is able to be truly, wonderfully amazed at how good God is because he's trusted Him. He's trusted the Lord. He's left his enemies alone and he's left them to the Lord. And he sees the goodness of the Lord and all that he's trusted Him for. And he can truly celebrate that and be able to see a little more of the Lord than some can because he trusts in Him and he sees how amazing He is But not only that, in verse 20, we can trust Him for His surrounding presence. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of Thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. It's not that the Lord would take us somewhere or move us somewhere to hide us. But he surrounds us, he hedges us with his presence. You can trust him for that. So many times we want to be taken out of our circumstances. Uh, it was just, it's just been so tempting to ask the Lord to move us from a job, to move us from our place of employment, to, to move us from, from, from a neighbor, to, to move us. God doesn't have to do that. He can move around us in a hedge to take care of us. He doesn't have to move us at all. That would show a weakness if He had to do that. Sometimes He will do that because it is His will. But right where we are, right in the middle of difficulties, right with enemies surrounding us, David for so long had enemies surrounding him all the time. And sometimes the Lord didn't move him. And David broke out in hallelujah celebration over his victory in the Lord a tight spot and in a large room praise God for his surrounding presence verse 21 blessed be the Lord for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city you see how he hasn't moved him but his kindness has come upon David. God's kindness has, has blossomed on David in a special way at a certain time in a great amount. Praise he gives God for his kindness. Praise he gives to God. Look at, look at verse 22. Praise he gives God for his faithfulness. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. I believe, but Lord help my unbelief. When David did fall in a time of doubt, he didn't fall so far that he quit talking to the Lord, but when he did slip into a moment of doubt, the Lord was ever so faithful and He was right there for Him. Will you praise Him for His kindness? Will you praise Him for His faithfulness? When we live a life of trust in Him, we praise Him for these things. The Lord is always there, and we can be grateful for Him. Do you love Him? Do you love the Lord? Let's close here, verses 23 and 24. David loves the Lord for what he does. Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints. He invites us to this life of trust that gets us overwhelmed with the love of the Lord. Love him, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. That word proud is in a positive sense and not a negative sense here about the one that is faithful to the, to the Lord. He is, he is a preserver of all of those that will trust in him. So do you love him for what he does? Will you trust him for what he'll do? Verse 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Will you, will you thank him? Will you thank Him in the middle of whatever it is you're going through because you trust that all things work together for good? Will you enter into prayer with thanksgiving, giving thanksgiving unto God because because you're praising Him and you love Him for what He does and for what He's going to do? A life of trust, to see a life of trust. I was in a meeting earlier with the campers and I talked about how we represent the Lord and we represent Lakeway among many churches. We have, we have a, a, walking, a walking example of trust in David here that we can see in many aspects of his life. What might, what might other people at these churches see in you? Not, not for our glory, but for God's glory. Do you trust Him? If you trust Him, will you praise Him? If you praise Him, do you love Him? Do you, do you shout out from the mountaintops, glory to God, I love Him for what He's done. I love Him for what He'll do. It's, it's going to be a moment that you can just reflect as we go to the Lord in prayer about, about your trust in Him. There are so many things that we might, that we might trust in that we can see and they're all full of empty promises. The Lord says, put your trust in Him. It makes a difference in the Christian's life, whether there's an abundance of trust or a lack of trust in Him. It's something. It's a slow grower maybe, but it's something that we grow into. A life of trusting Him in all things. Have you trusted Him as your Savior to save you from all of your sins? Before you trust Him for anything else, you need to trust Him for eternal life for the penalty of sin that has been paid through His own precious Son. God sent His Son. He knew we couldn't keep the law. He he knew that the law wouldn't save us. He knew that nothing would save us but but His own self. So He sent His Son to die for our sins. Have you trusted Him? Do you know Him as Savior? Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God in Heaven, we come to You tonight and we thank You for Your Word. We thank You how it how it fills the room, Father. We thank you for using David in such a way and working in his life through all his many adversities, through all the ups and downs, Lord, and who you were steadily molding him into someone to give glory to your name. Father God, you are so worthy. Of all of our trust. Dear God. May we take our eyes off the world. And the things. That promise so much. But leave us empty. We have a thirst Lord. That only you can quench. We're tempted to go other places. To try to get that satisfaction. But it only comes in you Lord. So may we truly trust you and praise you and love you, Father, and give you reason to for your name's sake, for your mercy's sake, for your glory. Father, with whatever's going on in the hearts of your children tonight, have your way with them in this time. In Jesus' name we pray.